Welcome to the Momsiety Minute. I'm Alicia Hammer, certified holistic health coach and creator of Women's Intuition Health Coaching, supporting moms to overcome their anxiety and manage their stress so they can feel vibrant, energized, and calm in their bodies. In this episode, I'm going to talk about kicking your shoes off to touch the earth and how the earth's electric field can support your body in combating EMF exposure. If there's ever a topic you'd like more information on or have a question about, please feel free to contact me via email or my website, both linked below. I'd love to discuss more with you. When I was growing up, we were always told to put our shoes on before going outside. I think that practice is pretty common in our society. We are required to wear shoes everywhere. And I'm not trying to rag on the policy of wearing shoes, but just like wearing a bra that I talked about in episode two, wearing shoes can also be damaging to our overall health and wellness. For me, I do see a need for wearing shoes in many circumstances. They cover my feet and keep them protected from rough terrain, cushion the blow of my children dropping things on them and stomping on them, They insulate the summer heat from the pavement, and they keep the nasty chemicals that bombard our world off my feet, at least for the most part. However, when I'm walking around in my yard or other natural areas, you can expect to find me barefoot. And it seems really silly, but I have started to see shoes as foot prisons. Here's why. To start off, our feet are starting to grow in ways that our early ancestors didn't. One time, I saw a photo of a watermelon that was shaped like a box instead of spherical. I thought it was just photoshopped. But then I read the caption, and it was actually grown inside a box. The watermelon took on the shape of the container in which it was growing. This is how shoes are working, too. My mind drifts to a photo of this super gnarly foot with smushed toes that formed a point and totally crushed arches like it was pushed in to make it shorter. And I used to hang this photo in my classroom when I was a teacher during our ancient China unit. All the students were super grossed out by the photo and made comments about how gruesome it was that they practiced foot binding and how they really shouldn't be doing that. But then they were walking around in shoes that weren't supporting their foot structure either. Our shoes today might not be as egregious an example as the Chinese practice of foot binding, but our feet were not meant to be as skinny and squashed as our modern day shoes. And don't even get me started on high heels. So how does the structure of our feet affect mental health, though? These two things seem completely unrelated, right? But every function in your body is connected. Don't forget that. Let's say you have begun to see bunions on your big toe knuckles from wearing improper shoes. You have pain every time you walk. You start putting pressure on other joints in the body, on your knees, on your hips, your back, neck, shoulders, head. Before you know it, you're in chronic pain, unable to move your body like you once could. 
Movement is one of the keys to health, mental, physical, spiritual, on and on. If you're not moving your body well, not only are you not reaping the mental health benefits, but you also start to develop those insecurities about movement, so then you do it even less. So then you're not even reaping the physical uh, benefits of it. Do you see the connection and kind of that spiral there? Okay, so there's the structural implications of our feet on our mental health, but there's more. We have really lost touch with nature. And the further away from nature we get, the more complications in our health arise and the less we are in the right place at the right time. Our early ancestors hardly ever covered their feet from the ground. And when they did, they used natural leather, which is not insulating unlike the rubber or plastic we use today. And when I talk about insulating, I'm talking about um, the electric insulation, not just heat. They went barefoot all the time in the grass and the dirt. Then cities started popping up and with cities came pavement or asphalt. Paved roads, sidewalks, curbs, playgrounds, patios, porches. We spend most of our lives on some some type of pavement or flooring these days. When we are stepping on these types of floors, we are not stepping on the earth and reaping all of its benefits, even if we are barefoot. I'm a huge fan of Deepak Chopra's work and teachings on earthing or grounding, They can be called, they both refer to the same thing. So you can call it earthing or you can call it grounding. I personally refer to it as grounding. And he compares the earth to a giant battery because of its electric energy. So if you think about it, anything that runs electricity has to be grounded, right? But so do you. You require energy and electricity to run your body too. Think about what you do when someone's heart has stopped. Beyond doing chest compressions, we also have the AED, or Automatic External Defibrillator, which sends an electric shock to your heart to get it pumping again. Your body needs electricity for your heart to pump, muscles to move, nervous and immune systems to function, just to name a few. So just knowing that you are a bioelectrical being it makes sense that you would also need to ground just like all other electric things. We have become so disconnected from the Earth's energy field that we're now experiencing detriments to our health because of it. Many people struggle with sleep, mental health, stress management, digestion, chronic pain, inflammation, you name it, it's connected at least in part to our disconnect with Earth. So how do you ground or earth? It's very simple. Take off your shoes or any other clothing that you're comfortable shedding and put as much of your body on the earth as you can for about a half hour at least. In the summer, I love to put on my swimsuit and go lie down on my backyard on the grass. The winter winter can bring about some challenges with grounding though. Um, I still get out as often as I possibly can, but I live in Wisconsin. So for at least six months of the year, 
we get snow. And for about two of those months, we also can get temperatures as low as negative 40 degrees. These are not ideal conditions for taking your clothes off and going outside. So I do my best. Um, In the winter, I'll cover myself from head to ankle, then find spots where the snow has kind of melted away um, and I can see the ground. And then I go and I stand there for as long as my body will allow me to. Another way you can ground indoors is using a grounding mat or sleeping on grounding sheets. So they actually make sheets um, that you can put on your bed um, that are grounded. And when I first began grounding, especially in the winter, I felt really ridiculous. But this practice has made noticeable changes in my mental health and really just my outlook on life in general. For example, the other day I was getting really excited, but also a little bit nervous about a talk I was going to be giving. The talk wasn't until the afternoon, so that morning as I was prepping, I made sure to take time to get outside barefoot and ground myself. I was feeling that like excited buzz in my brain, and I couldn't really think super straight. But as I stood there in my yard with my feet on my grass, I started to feel better. And I wasn't implementing anything else. I wasn't doing any sort of meditation. I wasn't Um, doing any breathing techniques. I was still going through my talk in my head. So I was still kind of keeping myself in that state of excitement and nervousness. The only thing I changed was going outside and putting my feet on the ground. And, you know, as I continued to think about my talk, I could, I could feel my body just kind of soften or like relax a little bit. And my thoughts got a lot clearer. And this is not unusual for the effects of grounding. Here are some of the other noted and studied benefits of grounding. It reduces inflammation and pain. It improves circulation. It reduces stress levels by normalizing the diurnal rhythm of your cortisol, which is your stress response hormone. And then because it normalizes your rhythm of your cortisol, it also improves your sleep quality because your cortisol is what wakes you up in the morning. And then it tapers off during the day so that you can sleep at night. But what often happens is our cortisol isn't being normalized and detoxed properly. So it continues to stay high and then we can't fall asleep at night. So grounding can also help you with sleep. And then it protects our bodies from EMF radiation. Now, I mentioned EMF or electromagnetic field in my previous episode about sleep because the EMF radiation can interrupt our sleep. I'm going to dive a little more into this EMF um, in this episode so you have a clearer idea of what it is, what emits it, and how you can protect yourself from it. So the EMF, or electromagnetic field radiation, is the electricity derivative that surrounds electronic devices. So it's the radiation given off by the device. The SEC set a standard back in 1996 for the amount of thermal damage allowed by EMF devices which means they set a limit as to how much this type of radiation can heat up your head without harming you. 
And since 1996, we have grown from 2G to 5G with no updated testing on how much these types of exposures are harming us. And I should say, no updated testing from the government. Therefore, no updated regulations. There are also biological effects such as rashes, headaches, mental health issues, fragmented DNA, infertility, cancerous tumors, and oxidative stress in our bodies that have been noted as results of EMF exposure. But again, our government safety standards have not been updated to reflect any of these advancements in EMF technology. And the energy that comes from these devices, such as your laptop, your computer, cell phone, microwave, radio, refrigerator, lights, smart TVs, smart electric meters, Wi-Fi routers, wireless speakers, especially wireless headphones, please take those out of your head, or any electric pole, radio transmitter, cell phone tower, all of these devices emit a man-made energy, which is what we refer to as EMF radiation that can cause you harm. And you might be thinking, wow, that's a really long list, especially since this is really just the tip of the iceberg of devices that are emitting EMF radiation. But while our bodies are surrounded by EMF daily, we can do some things to minimize the effects and amounts we are exposed. One of the greatest things you can do to protect yourself from EMFs is grounding yourself. The earth is natural electricity, while EMFs are man-made. So you might be thinking, yeah, but the earth has electricity. Isn't that all the same? No, it's natural energy versus man-made energy. And again, the further away from nature we get, the more we see sickness and chronic health problems. So our earth emits negatively charged ions, which are created in nature in the way water, sunlight, and air interact with the Earth's energy. And we as humans are also naturally negatively charged. Our devices emitting EMFs are emitting positively charged ions, which disrupt our natural energies. When we are inside all day, only go outside with an insulator like plastic or rubber on our feet, and use artificial lights as our primary light sources, we start to feel drastic health effects of those EMFs, as I stated before. So number one, get grounded. Get that into your routine. Other things you can do include using EMF blocking Faraday cages around Wi-Fi routers and your house's smart meter. Get an EMF blocking cell phone case. Use EMF blocking stickers on your devices. Put your Wi-Fi router on a timer so it turns off completely during the night. Um, or you can just turn it off and turn it back on. Keep your Wi-Fi router at least 10 feet away from you. Or honestly, just keep it as far away as possible. I don't even want it in like the area that I live in in the house. So I keep mine in my basement because we are not down there very much. Keep your cell phone away from your body, including at night. Um, most people have their cell phones directly next to their heads. So 
you know, even don't even keep it in your room. Try to keep it somewhere else. When you make a call on your cell phone, put it on speaker or use wired headphones. Wired headphones. Don't use those Bluetooth ones. Um, but don't hold the cell phone directly up to your head. Keep it away from your head. Put your phone on airplane mode. This does not stop the EMFs um, from being emitted, but it does decrease it. Again, stop using Bluetooth headphones. Seriously, get those things out of your head. Throw them away. Get rid of them. Don't use them. Use something that's wired um, because you're literally taking this EMF radiation and sticking it directly into your head. Um, So please stop using them. Uh, Limit the time you spend on your devices. Switch LED lighting to incandescent um, since LED also emits EMF. And stop using your microwave or at least decrease the amount of time you use it. Um, you know, warm up your food in other ways on the stovetop, in the oven. Um, I'm That's kind of where I am right now. I'm trying to decrease it, the use of it as much as possible. It's all just a big process. And these are not the only ways to protect yourself from EMF exposure, but it is a pretty good solid list to start with. I really hope that I have given you a better understanding of what is meant when we talk about EMFs and the importance of reconnecting with our earth. If you are looking for personalized support in managing your stress or overcoming anxiety through holistic healing practices, you can sign up to meet with me and start your amazing transformation to feeling calm and in control of your life. Thank you for listening and make sure to thank yourself for showing up today. Take care.